The Black and White Network presents The Credit Connection, a program sponsored by Cambridge Credit Counseling, an industry leader in providing advice and help to those who have concerns about their credit. With interest rates rapidly rising, your cost of credit is also draining your budget. This program will help you as consumers manage your credit to the best possible outcome. You will learn what's happening with interest rates, what the forecast might be for the directions of rates. You will be kept updated on the pricing of different credit products. You'll find out what credit products to stay away from and ones to use. You will learn strategies that can help you get control of your credit and keep it under control for you and your family. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a nonprofit organization dedicated to provide you information and guidance so you can make the right decisions. So let's join our hosts, Dan Perkins and Gordon Oliver. Welcome. This is the Credit Connection with Cambridge, and our guest has been with us a long time, Gordon Oliver. We haven't had a, uh, an opportunity in the last few weeks to chat because of some personal issues in my household, but they're they're clipped up, and so we're we're getting an early start on the new year, and we got Gordon back with us today, and we're going to talk about uh, a couple of things that are important to you as consumers. So, welcome to see, good to see you again, sir. Dan, always a pleasure. I've missed you, sir, and I'm so glad that everything is is good with you and your family. I know you got some really great family holiday plans, so. Um, Really great to be here again. Thank you. We're dealing with, I want to do just a little bit of commentary to help you understand what I'm thinking about and what I'm saying to people. Excellent. When we started 2023, we had high interest rates, high inflation, illegal people coming across the border in droves, price of crude oil pretty high. Now, in the political things, a incumbent candidate who's seriously considered running for a second term would like to get all of the bad news out of the way at least as, as he can at the end of the second quarter of his second year in office so that he can then start building positive on. When we look at where we were in January and February, the only thing we were talking about was inflation. We were talking about the price of crude oil, the price of food. We were talking about uh, 60% of the people living paycheck to paycheck, all these negative things, crude oil at almost $90 a barrel. But where are we today? And if what we spend out of our wallet is an indication of how we're going to vote, let's see what's going on. Oil prices are down $30 a barrel. I don't know. What is the price of gasoline at the pump up in, up in your place in Cambridge? About $295, $305, somewhere around there. We're, we're at $285, $287. So it's come down. It's and it probably because the Department of Energy reported the largest stockpile of crude oil in recent history. So there's plenty of supply, which means that there's no upward pressure on prices because of shortage of supply. Oil prices are down, gas prices are down. And so when you take out your credit card or your wallet to pay your gas price, you realize that you're paying less money for gasoline, less inflation. Food prices in some areas are are coming down, not as much as gasoline, but are starting to come down. The Federal Reserve told us last week that they will probably cut interest rates at least three times in 2024. If they take an average of 25 basis points per cut, you take 75 basis points out of the cost of money, you're going to see the short end probably collapse as the long and the intermediate have already collapsed with consumers anticipating the housing market. People say houses are too expensive or that the cost of mortgages. Yet I saw this week offers for a 30 year conventional fixed rate mortgage at 6%. Mortgage rates are gonna come down. So what I'm saying is 
the economy appears to be improving as the things that we spend the most money on, food and energy, have come down in price, but credit cards haven't. What's going on there? Okay, so um, this is the interesting uh, dynamic that you and I have to talk about through this, because on the consumer side, let's just talk about what's in the sauce right now. What got us here, right? Just mm -hmm. as a it's the same kind of framing, COVID, shut down, people not spending, uh, people getting stimulus, doing just fine, doing great, low mortgage rates, people pulling money out of their homes to pay off debt or invest. Um, fast forward, we May 2021, we open the economy. And as we do that, the economy starts to take a turn for the worst. So for consumers, what does that mean? Everything costs more, but people don't necessarily make more. In all of that transition, student loans, a big problem that everybody sees in the headlines one way or the other, is uh, people did not have to make payments on them at the average of $370 to $400 a month uh, mm -hmm. for three years at 0% interest. Come this past October, people had to start paying them again. Interest started accruing again in September. So when people were already uh, not making enough money to cover the expenses, that usually gets where unsecured lines of credits are leaned on. So $840 billion two years ago in credit card debt, now $1.3 And we're in the holiday season where I can tell you very confidently, I've had news outlets uh, interviews the last two weeks uh, two or three of them. One was a 40 minute to talk about the new year. The other two were the same theme. People are spending on credit cards. How are they? How should they handle it in the new year? Because a lot of times during the holidays, people spend money um, without a plan, without the money for it. And then in the new year, we try to start helping people set up game plans on how to deal with it and then how to set up a plan for next year so they're not in that same position where they're using money they don't have. So the, the good news is that all of these things that you've highlighted that are coming down in cost will help as people try to tighten up a little bit and start dealing with some of the problems that may have been created as a result of the, the time. Now. Gordon, let me, let me take you one step further. The belief was at the beginning of the year that all the issues that I talked about that were going through the roof, that the Democrats were in serious trouble. As the as interest rates have backed off, food prices have backed off, gasoline has backed off, mortgage rates have backed off, credit card debt hasn't. Uh, there's less talk about all of these things affecting whoever the Democratic candidate is going to be. Mm -hmm. And so that this election, which seemed a landslide for the Republicans at the beginning of the year, has gotten, in my opinion, a lot tighter as the consumer begins to see the ramifications of all the things that have come down. Big change, however, over the first of the year to now is the incredible increase in the number of illegals coming into the country, oh, yeah. which are draining, draining government resources uh, tremendously, which means that taxes are going to have to go up. Interesting, I heard somebody talk about Gov Governor Newsom this week, and they said he's got a $68 billion deficit. And the person said, well, he's obviously going to have to raise taxes. And the response was, you may r raise taxes, but you may not necessarily raise revenue. And so just like the individual, if, you're get, if you've got a job that pays X amount of dollars and you're not keeping up with basic inflation with any raises that you're getting and other things are starting to come down, but they were way out of whack. What kind of a plan can you put together for a person like that? Well, there's a, a couple of other problems, I think, that have to be highlighted. Number one, 
while the mortgage rates are coming down, we're still in a position where people are inventory starting to increase. And I, again, you have done a great job to set the table here. One thing that isn't being discussed is that the mortgage industry in the last year has lost about 100,000 loan offers that have left the business. Same in the realtor side. Now you have a the realtor lawsuit where they're challenging what kind of commissions can be paid and shared. So there's still some dynamic issues going on in the people that actually serve the industry. And then one that's not being talked about that I hear every day at this point, and I'm, I'm actually, and you may you may have something to tell here too, the insurance industry is in complete disaster and shambles right now. There are insurance companies that are dropping people for no real good reason, the smallest little accident, they're dropping people. And then when people get dropped, a lot of the insurance companies are in a freeze of, of underwriting policies right now so when consumers have to go find somebody very quickly because they got dropped and they have no insurance, they end up having to either deal with a, a very heavy plan. And I have insurance agents that I work with that are telling me the same stories. And I have customers and family that have had these issues where they either have to go find insurance that's typically priced way higher than it was with the policy or plan that they were on, or they have to find some kind of state-based insurance, which is so expensive. So- that's something that doesn't really get talked about much, but everybody, if you ask anyone, has your auto insurance gone up this year? Most people are going to say, yes, it has, because they just did increases across the board. I did. I have a, no issues. And I had a, a went out for a quote and got back a letter saying that they couldn't underwrite me and there's no reason. So I think that's going to start to show up a little bit. And I hope that the data that we're getting in isn't just a, a false hope. Uh, in the midst of trying to fix the economy that's looked like it was going the wrong way. And I'm not an expert there. I just try to follow it, how it trends with helping people that come to us with trendy uh, budgeting issues. And one of them is insurance. And I think in the winter, again, we'll see where energy goes. I hope it's not an issue, but we'll see. I have a friend in the real estate business, and, and she told me that the National Association of Realtors Board has indicated uh, in the third quarter there's a shortage of 6.8 million units in the country. 6.8 million units shortfall, which explains why in some parts of the country, housing prices have not fallen as interest rates have gone up because the demand is so high, people can command it. Unlike California and New York, where people are moving out in droves, yeah. where real, real estate prices are not going up, they're, they're soft. So uh, you said that... Um, Credit card balances went from eight hundred billion to one point two or three. One point three. And how old is that number? About six months. So would you expect the next time the report to be even higher? I think so. Based on everything, the history of of this company, every single year, January and February through to Memorial Day has always been an uptick in outreach of assistance because people start to recognize where they're at after the holidays are over. They typically, once Thanksgiving comes, and think about the time frame, right? Another one is right after Labor Day, because people get back to school and realize what they spent in the summer, but it's a short window to get to Thanksgiving. And then once Thanksgiving hits, it's Black Friday, a month till Christmas, shopping, 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 parties, 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 dinners, dinners, dinners. And then people wake up in the end of January and start opening those statements as they come in and realize something needs to be done. So I expect nothing different. And we were the busiest, I've said this before, in the summer that we've ever been. Uh, and I believe we're going to see that again. Since the last time we talked, you were in the process of 
acquiring a company? Did that go through? It did. And so what's happened to your phone traffic with the with the addition? Well, the the, the reason for it is because they're multi-skilled tenured employees that have skill sets that we need and don't require training either by HUD counseling or credit counseling. So having them come on board with certifications and already knowing how to do the job was helping us with the uptick and the calls that we were getting on all fronts, housing and credit counseling. We're going to pause here for commercial message from Cambridge, and we'll be right back after this announcement. I'm Dan Perkins, the author of a new historical romance novel called Sad Eyes. It is a story of a young woman, a beautiful Irish lass with red hair, green eyes, and curves that won't quit. She is born in 1912 in Waterloo, Iowa. She decides she wants to be an ER nurse, but she wants to move away from Waterloo to the excitement of the big city. She is accepted at St. James School of Nursing in Chicago and began a life as a true American patriot, serving her country in two wars. She fell in love with the love of her life. She takes the longest honeymoon in history. This novel is full of twists and turns and is difficult to put down. You can find Sad Eyes at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and J. Carroll Publishing. Dot com or through your local bookstore. Get it, read it, tell people about it, and write a review on Amazon. This is Dan Perkins. In the Cambridge Credit Connection, I'm speaking again with Gordon Oliver, and we're going to talk about how to be prepared like Boy Scouts. What should we be thinking about in addition to the cake and the cookies and the presents and good cheer with family and friends? What should we think about, about what's going to happen when those envelopes come rolling in in January? Yeah, and full disclosure, right now, it is embrace your family, embrace your friends, enjoy the season. We're here, and very quickly, it's going to be January 1st, and a new year has begun. And we know New Year's resolutions are things that people put in place. And then there's question on how long do they last and how long do people stick to it. So my goal would be to talk a little bit about, you're here now. You know, we always talk about on the mental side of things, you can't Look too far back and you can't look too far forward. With financial wellness, you have to look at the situation and take stock right now and then put a game plan together on what you're going to do to solve some of the goals that you have to deal with debt, investments, whatever that would be. So when you when you got a healthy balance on your credit card before you went Christmas shopping and you know that it's going to go up, it's too late to, to do anything about the shopping that you've already done. That's right. But what, what can you do to get to think about not only next year, but the major holidays where you might spend something on Valentine's Day or or long weekend, you take a trip on President's Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever's going to happen next year. You can help people begin to put together a future plan to how they can attack 2024. Yeah. And, and really, it comes down to the very first piece that we've talked about before and that we talk with consumers every day of our lives here. And that is having a spending plan. So the first thing in the new year, if you're going to start putting resolutions in place, resolution number one should be, is my budget accurate? And if I don't have one in place, it's time to put one in place. So that's step one. And on a budget, it's important to know what are you measuring? So let me give you some things for your listeners to think about when either reviewing the budget, which should happen a couple times a year, or just creating one in the first place. So recommended budget breakdown. Number one, housing should have no more than 28% of your income as the cost for housing. And that's housing in general. That's your payment, insurances, 
whatever that needs to be for uh, paying for your shelter. Twenty mm percent -hmm. is typically for food and non-grocery shopping, right? So that's a category where there's going to be multiple things in there that need to be paid attention to. And tip number one on food: don't go shopping when you're hungry. That is a true tip that that anybody, if they understand, if you've gone through Costco and they have all the little stations and you're hungry and they're handing out samples, it's certainly to entice you to buy something that probably wasn't on your grocery list. So you've got to have a plan there. And 20% of income is, is for groceries, 12% for car and transportation, 10% on utilities, which is tricky because sometimes utilities, like we talked about energy in the first segment, if costs go up and they already have, hopefully they'll come back down. But if they don't, 10% is a benchmark, but if it's not in your control, then you either need to lower your percentages on other things or always contact your city, state, your utility companies, find out if there's programs available to help you either fixate that cost by putting it on some kind of a budget plan so that you can control that category where sometimes it's not in your control. And then, of course, look into all the things from energy-saving products or programs that are sometimes the utility companies will come in, do an assessment, and, and come in and change your lighting or or something in your home to help you cut costs on energy. Other items like secured debt, uh, auto loan, uh, car and transportation. The, we talked about things that have changed and come down. They, I haven't seen the car industry costs come down on the pricing on vehicles. I haven't, and then we talked about insurance increasing. So that has to be paid attention to. And then flexible and miscellaneous, that can be anywhere from you know, 18 to 24% because you've got categories like entertainment, shopping, and, and holiday spending. We I always get asked this in the holidays, but like we said in the other segment, it's too late. If you don't have a category to put savings away, create an envelope and start putting away $10 a week if you can to start having a budget for your holiday spending next year. Or go to your bank. They typically have Christmas clubs where you can start putting money into an account that you're not going to spend and use that for spending instead of credit cards next season when it comes around. What do you think? We touched on it, but I didn't get an answer from you. What are your people telling you you think is going to happen to rates next year? Well, it's commensurate with everything, the statistics that you brought in place. Now, the problem, Dan, is that consumers, uh, credit card companies pull credit reports all the time to see where consumers are at. And if they feel or the metrics dictate that you are a high risk, it's very easy for your rate to go up to the top tier rate with your credit card. So to predict that right now, 22, 25, 29% are the rate ranges for those risk categories. Um, when it comes to making a plan to pay off credit card debt, if, if a consumer in the new year opens up a credit card bill and they're like, I have five credit cards and I need to pay these down. And my goal is to pay them in four years. The rate that you start with is going to be the game plan, right? So if it's 25% and you want to be out of debt in 48 months, you've got to take the balance and divide it by 48 months, which would be your payment, and add the interest on the account to that payment to cover the interest and meet the 48-month goal. So regardless of where they come, the, the other problem that people run into is when they start doing balance transfers, Sometimes that's a very good strategy as long as you have a plan to pay it down and it usually comes with some kind of a transaction fee. But if you can do balance transfers with the same game plan, good strategy. But if you can't and you're stuck, um, you have to come up with that game plan on how you're going to pay it down and you have to stick to it 
and keep it fixed. And lastly, most importantly, you don't have to close the accounts and you shouldn't because that can affect your FICO score, but you've got to kind of put the cards away or cut them up if you're going to put a plan together to pay them down. Speaking about a plan, uh, let me put you on the on the hot spot for me. For me, uh, I have a house on Sanibel that was damaged in the hurricane. Mm-hmm. It's through insurance payments and other payments. It's down now to about 80% restored. It's on the market to be sold. I've had in the last two weeks, I've had seven people look at it several times. So the realtor is very hopeful that it will sell. And it has a, about a $400,000 mortgage on a $900,000 house. Mm-hmm. Um, for multiple reasons, I've decided even before the hurricane that I was going to sell the house and go to a specialized facility for seniors and rent, not buy. So I'm going to take $400,000 off of my debt debt profile. Mm-hmm. Good idea, bad idea. Okay. Uh, excellent question. It depends on what you, the plan is for your this situation. Let's just talk about it as it's someone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on what you have planned for the necessary income you're going to need for your life expectancy, you've got to work that out with financial advisors. Debt or at, when you're in when you're renting and you're at fixed income, um, a lot of times debt is a killer to that. So when we're dealing with people that are in that situation, trying to drill down the debt as quickly as possible would make the most sense. But I don't know that I would throw it all to the debt. I think some of it needs to be preserved for some other things, depending on what you have to cover other things that might happen. Thinking that I would take the proceeds from the sale of the house, put it in investments that would produce cash flow to more than cover my monthly rent. However, I'm I'm in a unusual situation in that the um the property that we're renting has special tax benefits because I don't own the I don't own the real estate and I'm not really renting the property. I'm renting or paying for the services. So some of that cost is also going to be tax deductible. So I may be giving up the, the taxes and interest on the house, but I'm going to gain some additional tax write-offs or tax benefits in this new property because it qualifies as a special housing unit for uh, for people uh, over 65. So I, I'm just wondering if if you have if you have a huge shock to your outstanding balances period, and the aggregate amount of money you owe drops by $400,000, is that suspicious to the credit company? Uh, no, I mean, that, that. I don't think that's not like the IRS being suspicious, right? That you're paying their debt off. That means you're a great bill payer and a great customer. Mm-hmm. This is the, the true answer to your question is, in this situation, it's all about a team of experts. And at Cambridge, our counselors and our company stay in our lane. And we're dealing with debt and how to drill it down. That's one thing. If you're dealing about uh, investments and what you're going to do after the sale of a home and how that's going to impact your tax consequences, that's financial advisor, CPA. So so the answer to your question is there's multiple people that could advise you to help you have the best game plan once you get the information that, that will help you figure out what to do once you know tax consequences and liquidity on investments and and drilling debt down. That's three different experts that you would be talking to. Yeah, the reason why I brought it up, Gordon, is that there are a lot of people here in this resort who came from Sanibel. Their houses are either destroyed or barely been remodeled, and uh, they're they're not going back. And so that that debt and asset is still sitting there doing nothing. And, and so I, I've talked to a number of people who are 
who are saying that they want to sell, but they don't want to go buy another house or a condo. They like the services that are provided here at this resort. And they're thinking about just staying here. I mean, we, we've got our situation is three bedrooms, three baths, 1,800 square feet for two people and multiple pools and dining rooms. And you know how you can get in the weeds on this, right? You're renting and and some of that money could be put towards maybe you want to become a, a, a landlord and have a multi-facility uh, home where two or three people are paying rent to you that covers the mortgage and some of your expenses there. So there's so many different ways you could go with situations like that. It's all the threshold of the consumer getting advice from each part of that to make the best decision that they can. Okay. We're uh, uh, I, I'm always amazed how fast these interviews go. Thank you for your time uh, and, and your patience as I was working through problems. And uh, I wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And let's tell people how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. So you can go to uh, cambridgecredit.org forward slash BW dash podcast. There's an 800 number on there if you want to make a call or a web application that you can fill out to get an appointment with a counselor. And Dan, I wish you and your family an amazing holiday season. You told me what you got going on. I'm so glad you're spending time with your family. I know you had a rough year with the house situation and the weather and whatnot. So wishing you and your family the best. And I can't tell you how grateful I am that you give me the opportunity to come on here and work with you to give consumers safe, trusted advice when they're dealing with their own financial situations. We'll see you on the other side. You got it, sir. Take care. Bye-bye now. We'll be, we'll be right back. Inflation for most people is causing them to use their credit cards to try and make up for income shortfalls. How big is this problem? In the second quarter of 2022, Americans added $46 billion to their credit card balances. Some of that could be you. The Federal Reserve Consumer Credit Report showed that the rate of interest on credit cards went from 14.56 to 16.65%. Those Americans struggling with credit card debt saw their delinquency rates escalate from 1.66% to 1.81%. The Cambridge Debt Consolidation Program may be able to help you reduce the interest rates by two-thirds and cut your time to pay off the debt from 30 years to as little as five years. If you're struggling and you want professional and objective help getting your credit house in order, then call 1-855-435-2066. Thank you for joining us today. And we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com. That's bwradionetwork.com and give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.